Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of High Energy Health. We are so glad you are tuning in with us today. I am Miriam Paninsky, your guest host, and I'm so thrilled about today's conversation with the wonderful Nico Anna Jean. Thank you so much for being here, Nico. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me, Miriam. I am thrilled as well. <laughs> so for those of you in the audience who may not yet know Nico, Nico Anna Jean is an expert on healing from narcissistic abuse and the creator of the Heart Shine EFT method. And she's a certified EFT and energy psychology practitioner, a life coach, a yoga and meditation teacher, and has been in the field of personal development, education and healing for over 25 years. And she has also recently published her first book which is a book for the little ones, the children, as well as the inner children, <laughs> Maddie, the heart shine dragon. Um, so Nico, let us, let us start with your phenomenal method that you're calling the heart shine EFT method. Please um, enlighten us. Please talk to us about it. And also in a nutshell, actually, for those in the audience who may not yet be familiar with some of the terms you're, you're going to use, some, such as EFT and heart shine coherence. So if you could like explain those a little heart coherence sorry, heart shine coherence. That's another, that's another way to go. Heart coherence. That would be awesome as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you for that introduction. I appreciate that. And I'll just jump in and I will talk about the heart shine EFT method and the heart shine EFT method is a method that I've created based on all the work I've done on myself and with clients, all the experiences I've had. And it is, it's a oneness healing model. So it's based on a, a healing paradigm of the fact that all healing comes from within and comes from source energy. The way it works is, is I consider it to be an energy psychology method. And so since we're talking about terms, if the audience isn't familiar with energy psychology, energy psychology is a type of energy healing, which utilizes different kinds of psychology concepts and also can work somatically in the body. One really good example of an energy psychology method is EFT, otherwise known as tapping. The reason why this method is really effective in helping people heal from narcissistic abuse is because of the fact that it starts working directly in the body and where trauma is stored. And that's like the the main healing ingredient of energy psychology is that it, it really works with the place where trauma is actually stored in the body itself. How that goes back to the oneness healing model is that when we've been narcissistically abused, whether it's by an individual or a system like a family system or an organization, we're in the illusion that the, that was our source, you know, that whatever that person, that system 
that that was our source of, of being okay and being safe in life. And so the oneness healing model says, no, actually you have the ability to directly connect with source within yourself. And so once we start working around that trauma and we release that illusion that those other people and, and other systems are our source, then we can really start to heal and thrive and heal our potential as human beings. That's the oneness healing model. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, yeah, so I want to, I wanna, I'm going to circle back to some of the things you said, and especially kind of like this, the illusion that this kind of system, that the traumatic system was our source, but I would like to circle back to you. And so Nico, would you, would you tell us a little bit about your own story and what led you? So as you know, for, for most of us is kind of like practitioners is healing. Our story is certainly kind of part of why we have chosen that profession. What led you to finally develop this method and really focus on this work of healing from narcissistic abuse? I have to say that I've been on a healing journey for a long time, 25 years, my own healing journey. And it really did start so many years ago, just because I wanted to address chronic health problems and things like that. But it wasn't until the last couple of years of my life that I was really able to identify that I needed to heal from narcissistic abuse. So not really understanding like the difference between what's healthy in a family and what's not healthy, <laughs> as most people who grew up, grow up in some kind of toxic family system, they don't know that it's toxic until maybe they get out into the world and then they see a model that's different than that. They're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, whoa, <laughs> because I thought that my life was great and, and my relationships are great. But the truth is, we always really kind of know deep inside that something's off you know, and we suspect that something's off. So I believe that that's like the drive that, you know, led me. And, and like you said, so many people in this field to seek out healing modalities, to seek out situations and experiences and professions that allow us to heal. I think I was always being led by this, this drive, you know, to, to find my potential, be able to heal the things in me that needed to be healed. And it's just, you know, it didn't happen overnight, Miriam. It's like so oh, yeah. many levels of healing, right? <laughs> Physical, mental, emotional. I had been working for so long in the field and have learned so many energy techniques. It's not even, it's not even funny. Like how many, how many certifications that I have that I've taken all these modalities, but it wasn't until I started using EFT tapping that I really started to heal what I was diagnosed with a, with a, an anxiety disorder about 10 years ago. I started having panic attacks, you know, started, it started to really affect my life and I had to really look hard at it. I did all sorts of things to try to heal from the panic attacks and nothing really got rid of them until I started using EFT tapping which is an energy psychology technique, as you know. When I started using EFT tapping, I started to really release the trauma out of my system. When I started to get the anxiety disorder under control, I think I was able to finally start seeing like the truths in my life, the truths about relationships that weren't healthy. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been able to see that before, before yeah. I released that anxiety. Yeah, well, because if our nervous system is under such, if our body is our nervous system is under such high distress, 
it's very hard to look at the truth that that your original family um, is not what you thought it was for all these years. It's painful, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to see. We don't want to see. (laughs) Absolutely. I guess that what I'm saying is that because I went through that process, I looked back and I said, wow, of all the things I ever did in the healing field, that was the thing that helped me see the truth about my life, about my relationship. I guess that set me on the path of creating this system for other people who need to heal from this type of trauma. Mm Because I knew that was the deal breaker for me. You know, that was the deal breaker as in, that's what allowed me to finally see what I needed to do in order to heal from narcissistic abuse. Yeah. To set boundaries and to really understand what it was to wrap my head around it and then take the steps that I needed to take. Yeah. So what it was, um, let's talk a little bit about that. While narcissistic abuse is seemingly something quite specific or kind of like a specific kind of niche also in this regard, it is, I think, more common than we think. And of course, it's so tricky to, to diagnose or come up with a diagnosis or kind of like any kind of label. And labels are always tricky, as we know, in regards, especially in regards to a narcissist developed personality disorders. But nevertheless, what are some of the red flags when it comes to narcissistic abuse? What are some of the crucial aspects that would highlight one is in the form of toxic relationship where narcissistic abuse is an, an issue? Yeah, that is a really good question, Miriam. I would say the first, the first thing you want to look at is you know, how do I really feel around this relationship truly? When I think about this person, say, when, when this person, whoever they are in your life, calls you on the phone and you see that it's their phone number, you see their name, do you immediately get a feeling of, of panic, of anxiousness, of fear? Do you immediately start to become, you know, worrisome? Do you have a lot of anxiety around What's going, to ha- what's going to happen when I talk to this person? That's a big indicator, especially if this has been happening over time for a long time. That's a big indicator that there's something in this relationship that isn't safe. What you're saying is like a lot of people think they need to diagnose a narcissistic personality disorder before they can do something about a relationship that's mm. not healthy. But to me, if a relationship doesn't feel safe, then it's not healthy no matter what label you put on it or a person. So that's definitely the first sign. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person has a narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. That's a big sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a, another big sign is that if this person typically has a very marked lack of empathy for for you or your situation or the things you're going through or they tend to constantly turn everything back towards themselves, constantly thinking about how things affect them. They're constantly thinking about what they're going to get out of the situation, out of you, out of the relationship. That is a very, very big sign. That's a very big red flag that you possibly could be dealing with a narcissist. There's so Mm -hmm. many of them, but I I just want to mention those two as, as a main indicator. Yeah. And you really started with this indicator of like, what are you feeling? What am I feeling in a relationship like that? What are some of those feelings that you have witnessed in yourself or other people, clients? What is, what does it start with? I like the term walking on eggshells. I didn't coin that term. Obviously that's a very you know common term. There is a book written called, I don't remember the author, but 
that's a that's a major book out in the field. So I think that that is such a great way to put a label on it. Walking on eggshells. If you're in a relationship with someone where you feel like you are walking on eggshells all the time, as in you never know what's going to happen. You don't know how this person's going to react. One day it could be this way. The next day it could be different. You don't know. They're not an emotionally safe person. So you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of, it's like a feeling of dread. It's like a, there's always an undercurrent of dread because you know, eventually the bomb's going to drop, you know, it mm-hmm. <laughs> from experience. So yeah. I think that's the feeling. It's just like, I'm walking on eggshells and I'm dreading knowing eventually the other shoe's going to drop, not going to go well. And that's, that's the main theme around it. Yeah. And that seems to be really interconnected with, and we've had a lot of conversations about this, obviously, Nico, is is it seems just to be so connected with codependency or patterns of codependency, where one is just always not just walking on eggshells, but kind of always thinking three or four steps ahead of what is it that I can do to not make the bomb go off? What is, how can I adjust? How can I center myself? How can, how do, and, and this is just like, if people are doing this since, and that was the case for me from like their like young childhood on, you totally lose touch that you're even doing it. This isn't like maybe something different. If you like, if you've been in a childhood home with like relatively, you know, secure bonds, healthy bonds, and then maybe enter a toxic relationship, you kind of see there, there's more kind of evidence. Okay. Something is off here, but you can still lose touch with that kind of part of yourself. That is such an interesting aspect for me is like how, how kind of like healing from narcissistic abuse is kind of like also codependency work as well. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the hugest part of it. Cause that's the only part we can heal. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can't heal someone else. And yes, those patterns that get put in place in childhood where it's, yeah, it's not only that you're not, not just that you're walking on eggshells, but feel like it's your job. Like you said, to make sure the bomb doesn't go off. That's, that's how you operate. And, and so you're always looking for ways to make sure that everything goes well and you're going to be safe. Yes. So if you have to manage that person's behavior because they are emotionally unstable. We have to manage their behavior. Yeah. You're always strategizing. You're always strategizing. Right. And that's not comfortable. No. <laughs> or relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most kind of impolite or interesting parts for me here also was to kind of realize I'm also doing this. I'm doing this for myself also. I've been doing this to have myself be safe. This is like also like that, that something is covered by seeming empathy or kind of like compassion for this other person who may not, you know, know that is, it was really interesting to see, wow, the codependency is actually something I've, it's a pattern to have my, to, to keep myself safe. Yeah. You know, I've heard that referred to as pathological empathy. Yeah. And, and I heard a psychologist talk about this concept that it, it, that exactly what you're saying is that it's, it's not actually empathy for people who created this pattern and who come out as codependents, they're adults and they, they appear to be, they are very empathetic. I mean, we are very empathetic, but that kind of empathy is pathological because it's actually arising from a need to be safe. And that's not actual authentic empathy, right? Because you're trying to make sure you're okay. There's a way you can know, like if you see a situation where people are uncomfortable, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're in a group of people and everyone's uncomfortable. The pathological empath will jump in and try to do everything they can to relieve other people from feeling uncomfortable instead of just 
having boundaries and letting those people be uncomfortable because that's not about them, but they yes. will feel the need to get in there and make and fix it and make it better for them. Yeah. Right? Those people really just need to be in their own uncomfortableness. Yeah. Empathy is a tricky cover. It's a tricky cover up because, and you, I hear it so often and I work through this with clients as well, you know, who say, oh, I'm just such a giver and, and I will do anything for the other person, but actually kind of putting the mirror up and saying, what you're doing is not about the other person. And I know this is hard to hear. You're, you're doing it for yourself, but it's such an essential part of healing. Yeah, because it's that taking that responsibility for our own healing is so powerful because ultimately what we end up doing, right, is we end up just becoming so self-aware and understanding our own needs and truly understanding where this behavior is coming from in ourselves. that then we become like impervious to unhealthy relationships in the future. It doesn't mean you won't ever have conflict with someone. It, the conflict is, can be handled in healthy relationships. Right. And healthy. It just means that you won't jump into that codependent pattern where you're enabling someone who has no ability to take responsibility for their own behavior. <laughs> that's a really good point about codependency. They go, they really go hand in hand. And that's the only side yeah. is the codependent side. Yeah, that was such an interesting revelation in our past conversations, because that is so much part of my work is, uh, is codependency work. And just to realize that whether you have grown up in a family with addiction or a mental health disorder, such as a narcissistic personality disorder, the pattern, the pattern seems to be similar. We will pick right up on this conversation with the amazing Nico Anna Jean in just a couple of minutes. Please tune right back in with us after just a short little break. Thank you. Welcome back to this episode of the High Energy Health Podcast. I am Miriam Paninski, your guest host, and I'm, I have the, the wonderful pleasure to being in conversation with Nico Anna Jean today about her amazing HeartShine EFT method supporting you to heal from the consequences of narcissistic abuse. And we just talked about, we just talked about the connection of kind of like narcissistic abuse and codependency patterns later on. And we, you could just kind of like mention it already, but I want to emphasize emphasize that or just I want to have you emphasize that can we fix someone with a narcissistic personality disorder no <laughs> absolutely not no we cannot we cannot fix them we want to you know we wish we could because we have compassion for human beings not just any human beings but human beings we love and care about you know family members friends relatives and we, we see that they're suffering. We see, we know that they're suffering, even if, if it appears that they're not suffering, we know they are and we want to fix them, but we, we can't because truly the, the only person that we can, the only person that, that we can change is ourselves and our own behavior and our own experiences. Well, the answer is no. And not many people want to hear that. And I know a lot of people out there. Yeah have been do, trying to do this for a long time. They have been trying and they keep trying no matter how much it costs them, no matter how painful it is, they'll, they'll keep trying. And, and I know why, you know, I know why it's because mm. they, they want to save 
the person they love. And my heart goes out to everyone in the audience hearing this because I know how this feels like, especially when it comes to the original family, especially when it comes to to parents, especially when it comes to realizing that your mother, father, caregiver was just never the parents that you needed and that you thought they could be, they could become. So it's kind of this never-ending drive, this drive to to finally get what you always needed. And this is, I think, one of the most painful revelations, kind of giving up that piece of hope that yeah. this parent will ever become the parent that you needed them to be. And you know, I think that really does come from the healing from codependency, because I believe you're so right about that. Like, that's the key when you finally give up on that hope um, that you're you're first of all, going to be able to save your parent and that you're going to get what you need from them. That's really the inner child wanting mm-hmm. that. But, but when you really are able to heal that and you're able to give up that hope, then mm-hmm. you, you turn to yourself, you, you turn to your inner parent, you know, you turn to the emotional resources that you really do have. You're able to see them for what they are. That's not as easy as you just saying it, you know, yeah. that takes time. We talked about the trauma bond yeah. Um, and I mentioned in, in, our, in our last conversation before the break that I wasn't able to see, literally wasn't able to see the truth about these toxic relationships in my life. When I started doing the tapping and I started releasing the anxiety and I started changing my neurology, I was able to literally start seeing things differently. Um, and I'm just because you mentioned not all the audience may know what a trauma bond is. Trauma bond is literally like a, a literal physiological bond that's created between person and an abuser, no matter who they are, they could be a child or an adult. It doesn't matter. But what happens is, and typically it's children, when you're in a situation where you're, you're dependent on someone to be okay, to survive, and then that person isn't safe in any way, in any way, shape, or form, whether it's physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, it's all the same. Then what happens is the brain has this incredible way of protecting its, protecting you from pain. And mm-hmm. it will literally stop you from seeing the truth and you will create a reality in your mind mm-hmm. so you will feel safe. And you will literally create like a fantasy or an illusion of, about that person and you'll be able to just keep going. And unfortunately that works when you need it to work. But then one day you're an adult and you're in the world, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you're faced with living in that illusion still, but your body's telling you something is off or you see other people in other relationships. You see a healthy model and you're like, Oh, that's, that's not how my, my relationships are. And something's wrong with me. So you start seeing like the incongruencies and the trauma bond will block you from seeing the truth about a toxic relationship. So it literally takes working with the body and with the trauma in the body to release that, to release that. So you can start seeing truths. And how do we work with the body? Well, there's a lot of ways, but the way I do it Mm -hmm. is with energy psychology tools. So heart coherence. EFT tapping and all and meditation in general, but with heart coherence, I think you mentioned where you wanted me to explain heart coherence. And I, I right. Yeah. I just, I, I just like, remembered that too. <laughs> I jumped over too many of those. There were so many things I was talking about, but 
But heart coherence is a technique that actually is it's evidence-based as is EFT tapping. And what it does is it's almost like a short meditation because you can do it in like five minutes where you tune into your heart center and you breathe and you relax your body and you send the signals to your nervous system that you're safe and it allows your parasympathetic nervous system to activate. Mm -hmm. So you're sending the signals to your body that my environment is safe. And then once you do this, you start tuning in your heart center and you generate feelings of love by Mm -hmm. thinking about someone you love or thinking about a situation or a place that brings up feelings of love. Research shows that when we do this, our heart, literally the field, the energy field in our heart gets coherent, meaning it's balanced, it's working correctly. Then what happens is our brain waves entrain with our heart. So the field of our heart entrains our brain waves to become relaxed and our whole system changes. And it's mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. And it, can be, it can be done by anyone at any time. So that's, that's one really simple way that I'll tell you that once I started using heart coherence and I, I didn't learn that until a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it really made a big difference in, in my healing process to add it to the tapping. And that really kind of also like circles back to the principles of a lot of these techniques is it's not about, it's not about pushing anything out. It's not about pushing any emotions out. It's really just about saying, signaling our nervous system that even though as, as in the setup statements of even EFT kind of, even though I'm feeling those emotions and even though I've this pain, this pain body has been here, I am safe. Exactly. And then the brain starts to look for that evidence. When you, right. have, when you make the statement and the brain's like, wait a minute, okay, if I'm safe, well, let's look around for that evidence. The evidence of healing and the evidence that our system actually seeks for, seeks for the release, starts seeking for the release. And bef- while before it was, it was seeking for patterns that match that trauma bond, as you called it. Yes. The body wants to be in balance. It truly does. Thank you so much, Nika. We will be right back with this amazing conversation in just a couple of minutes after our short little break. Please be right back with us. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to this episode of High Energy Health. Uh, I'm Miriam Paninsky, your guest host, and today I'm in conversation with Nico Anna Jean and her EFT Heartline EFT method, helping you heal from narcissistic abuse. Tell us more about how you use EFT in your specific modality and how this looks like in the work with your clients. Absolutely, it's it's pretty cool the way it works, actually, because. The truth is, you know, just using EFT in general for anything, you know, it works a specific way in that it works by, as you know, moving energy in the body and using language to help us release issues and pain and problems, right? So that's the way tapping works. And what I realized from my own journey is that the way tapping works to help us release trauma is no different than how it works with people who've suffered from narcissistic abuse. So the actual trauma release in my method is no different than any trauma release. But the difference is, 
The actual difference is the fact that a person who doesn't know that they have been in a narcissistically abusive relationship will have difficulty healing because they haven't accepted yet the fact that they are in a relationship with someone who is never going to be what they want, like we talked about before, who is who doesn't have their back, who will betray them, will harm them, will take everything they can from them, basically throw them under the bus. You know, that when we're not able to face that, it's very difficult to heal because we're not facing the truths about what this means about us, that we're in this, this toxic relationship. So it takes having an awareness first of what you're dealing with. So when you can become aware, you can say, oh, wow, I think I have been in a relationship with the person just like this. And you finally understand this is a mental illness. And this, mm. I'm not crazy. It's not me. Because that's the biggest thing is that when you're in this relationship and you don't understand this person has a mental illness, you think it's you going along with the lie that the narcissist is telling you, which is there's something wrong with you because they're projecting, they're projecting their pain onto you. So until you can come to the, the realization this is happening, you can tap all day long. Okay. You can tap and sure you can release a lot of stuff, but you're not going to actually heal the parts of you that are keeping you in the toxic relationship. So it starts with the awareness and the acceptance. Mm -hmm. And this is a very, so tapping obviously can help us with all the stages that we go through emotionally when we realize we're in a narcissistic relationship, we accept it. And then we have to start looking at ourselves and, oh my God, the shame and the guilt that comes up around having been in this kind of relationship, taking responsibility learning and understanding your own needs and having to set boundaries. The tapping part of the method is really just a tool to get us to the actions we need to take and the shifts we need to make faster. So yeah, it's, it's, so we're talking about awareness. We're talking about acknowledging all the confusion, the shame and the guilt, shame, shame. And we've, I've talked about this a lot in this podcast. It's just like the how much how much shame is hindering you to heal and i i don't know exactly her her words obviously the the queen of 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 shame theories would be for me brene brown and and she she's just like repeatedly talking about how guilt is also different from shame in a in a sense that guilt is saying okay i've i've maybe done something wrong and i can but that may be corrected but shame is really saying i am i am wrong on a core essence, I am wrong at a, at a base level. If, if that is the, if that is the case, then, then there's, it's, it's hard to heal from that point of view, because then you're not even worthy of healing. Then you're not worthy of accepting any kind of service or support. That is, I think that most people will agree who've been through this is one of the hardest parts of breaking away from a toxic system is admitting you were part of it. And the shame that comes along with that, like, oh my gosh, you know, what's wrong with me that I was a part of this? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me that I have been allowing this abuse to occur over and over and over? 
for so long. That's shame, right? That right mm -hmm. there. That is the hardest part. And that might be probably why so many people will avoid dealing with it and would rather endure the pain of staying in the toxic relationship than facing the shame mm. that they feel from having been aware of it and even speaking it out loud, you know, because that's, that's such a huge part. So many of us suffer in silence. What is, what is, um, what has love got to do with it? What is the role of love in here? Because I think that is some of the, some of the conversations I have with clients and some of the work is, but I love this person. Ah, yes. Okay. So that's this whole idea of, of love versus control. What I want to say is that a, a narcissistic person a nar who's suffering from a true disorder is not capable of understanding the difference between love and control. They don't know what love is, truly, from whatever trauma they experienced. They don't know how to receive it. They don't know what it is. And so they have been using control as a substitute for love. And as a result, you've gone along with this your whole life. And you believe that by submitting to the narcissist, by appeasing the narcissist, that you are loving them and caring about them. While also having adapted some patterns of control, you, your love for them would then also be questionable in that sense, if I may be as blunt. <laughs> yes, that's the, and that again, that's a hard thing to face. Hard, hard, hard. Because what it means is you have to say, oh, I've been also actually mistaking uh, control for love. You know, the most loving thing you can do for someone is allow them to actually take responsibility for their own healing by releasing them and releasing the responsibility for their healing you're actually giving them a chance to heal from whatever it is that has caused them to have this personality disorder. So um, what is the, so once we realize we are this form of toxic relationship and we have gone through a certain amount of, you know, of healing and yeah, of processing, so to say, what is the external consequence? What are you helping your clients work through as in like an external consequence of this work? Yeah, the, the number one first thing that has to happen is setting boundaries, setting boundaries. And as hard as that is to do for people who still have a trauma bond with someone with a narcissist, it's like going to AA and going cold turkey. And it's like non-negotiable that when you start this healing process, once you realize, okay, I'm in a relationship with a narcissist and I need to stop, I need to stop, <laughs> then the boundaries that with my clients, I, I help them put really healthy boundaries in place. And it's not just about the boundaries, but then it's about how you're going to feel after you put the boundaries in place. Because A, narcissists don't like boundaries and they're going to flip out in some way. They're going to have a response that's going to trigger you. And B, you're addicted, peptide addiction, you're addicted to the chemistry of your body when you have an unpleasant interaction with that narcissist. So you're actually going to miss it. So when you boundary in place and you cut yourself off from, from that dynamic, you're going to feel it on your side too. Not just the boundary, but it's then maintaining the boundaries and the responses on both ends that come up. And that sounds like in many instances when boundaries are continuously not being respected, that that in some instances may mean 
no contact. It may, it may, mm. and it really depends on, on each person and their individual situation. Mm. That's a decision each person has to make on their own. Right. And you're supporting them. You're supporting your clients with absolutely any of those steps, any of those steps. It has to be safe. Yeah. Steps yeah. have to be appropriate for the situation. Yes. Thank you so much. We will be right back this conversation with Nico and Jean after just a short little break. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health to this episode with Nico Anna Jean talking about her HeartShine EFT method and healing from narcissistic abuse. And we have covered ground and maybe for some in our some people, some members of our audience, there were some some deep realizations that happened in this conversation. I had I asked Nico whether she would guide us through a short tapping meditation and just like Nico when you tap can you also please make sure to to guide our audience through the points because some may not know not know them and just like tell them introduce them to what we're doing absolutely absolutely yeah you want me to just jump into the meditation yes please okay. yeah so for anyone that's listening if you are identifying with the things we're talking about and maybe you're feeling a little anxious about it or you're feeling stressed at all this is definitely something you're going to want to do so you can just be wherever you are as long as you're not driving a car or something like that just relax wherever you are seated or lying back and i'm just going to have you take a moment place your hands over your heart center and just take a couple deep breaths here close your eyes if you can Breathing in through the nose and out through the nose and mouth and relax your tongue onto the floor of your mouth. Just really let it be soft. Just a couple breaths here. Just tune in. And then we're just gonna jump in with some tapping now. And we're gonna start by tapping on the side of your hand. And it's also some, sometimes called the karate chop points. So it's right about the spot where you would like karate chop your hand. And you're just gonna tap gently with two fingers on the side of your hand. We're gonna start with this point. We're just going to take a deep breath. And then I'm just gonna say some phrases and you can either repeat them after me or you can just let these words be your own and just let them come into your system. So even though I'm feeling a little anxious about all this stuff I'm listening to, I'm worried maybe I've been narcissistically abused. And this makes me feel pretty stressed and unsafe. I don't know if it's true, but I'm feeling stressed and I don't know what to do about it. Well, I'm going to consider that I'm safe anyway, and everything's okay right now. And even though I'm feeling a little worried, maybe, possibly, I could have been in a narcissistic abusive relationship. And what do I do about that? What if I have to fix it and I don't know how? Oh, I'm just willing to consider that I'm safe and it's okay, no matter what. 
And even though I'm a little worried, maybe this has been happening to me. Possibly I've been abused and I haven't even realized it. And that really stresses me out. I don't know what to do about it. Well, I'm willing to hold myself in compassion right now. And I'm willing to consider that whatever I need will show up for me. Now we're gonna tap on the top of the head nice and gently. I'm a little stressed about this. And tapping on the eyebrow point, right where the eyebrow starts, right at the bridge in the nose. I'm pretty stressed about this. I don't know what to do. Tapping on the side of the eye. I'm feeling really anxious right now and I don't know what to do about it. And tapping under the eye. What if this has been happening to me? What if I've been abused and I didn't even know it? And tapping under the nose. I'm feeling really stressed and I don't know what to do. Tapping on the chin. What if this has been happening to me and I don't know how to fix it? Tapping on the point right below the collarbone, about two inches below the collarbone. I have no idea what to do about this and I feel really stressed. Now we're gonna tap under the arm, right about where your bra line would be or four inches below the armpit. I'm gonna consider that I might have been experiencing this. Now let's go to the side of the hand again. Even though maybe I've been experiencing this, I'm willing to consider that it's time for me to heal. We're gonna do one more round, go to the top of the head again. I'm willing to consider that even though I feel a little stressed right now, I'm safe anyway. Eyebrow point. I'm willing to consider that all the answers will show up no matter what. Side of the eye. I'm willing to consider that so far I've been safe, so I'm safe right now and I'll be safe in the future. Under the eye. I choose to know that there's plenty of time for me to heal this if I decide I need to heal. And under the nose. And no matter what I've learned today, I know it's safe to go throughout the rest of my day. And it's okay. It's okay to think about this. And it's okay to consider healing. On the chin. I'm holding myself in compassion right now. Collarbone. I'm safe no matter what and under the arm. And there's plenty of time for me to heal. Put your hands on your heart, deep breath. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Nico. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I would encourage everyone to check out Nico, Nico's website, nicoanagene.com. Um, she offers several programs or personal work with her. She also has a YouTube channel that you may be interested in checking out. And there's also a self-assessment um, quiz on her website or self-assessment on her website that may be interesting for you. So I really want to thank you, Nico, for all your for all your insights and all your wisdom that you shared with us. And I also want to point out if you're interested in becoming certified in clinical EFT yourself, now is actually a great time because enrollment for clinical certification program at EFT Universe is currently open. And it's probably the most comprehensive and extensive training out there when it comes to EFT. Please check out EFT Universe for more information if you're interested in that. Nico, thank you so much once again. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. We will have some more. We'll have some more opportunity to talk. And yes, again, everyone out there, check out the quiz and check out Nico's resources. There's a lot of amazing things out there. And do check out um, Nico's amazing method. She has seen amazing results. And I would encourage everyone to, to look into this and get in touch with Nico if you want to. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.